Listening to the Intentional Talk Radio Network. The sweet sounds right here coming to you from ITRNRadio.com. It's time for Menu Mondays with the chef, Andre Blassingame. Get ready, folks. Get your cold drink. It's one of those days. It's time for the chef, Andre Blassingame. Menu Mondays. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, whatever time you're listening to this podcast. It's me, the DRE, the Chef de Cuisine, coming at you again with the recipe menu Monday on Intentional Talk Radio Network. Be sure to listen to all the great podcasts of this station, including mine, of course, anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast, and or you can listen live right now at itrnradio.com and even if you're listening to this no matter what time you're listening to it there's somebody that's on that you can listen to now that you can get some incredible nuggets from get some great information from and uh you know black owned and black proud and this is an incredible incredible network we also have a uh, text message number 682-710-1101 that's 682-710-1101 one one zero one. If you want to text any messages, any any questions uh, when you're listening to the show or while we're listening live, so I'm excited to be here today on this wonderful Monday, the last Monday of June. Uh, I like to call June my month because uh, I'm a father, and my birthday is this month, right? And uh, I always say I was born on you know the uh, the greatest day of the year, six nine seventy eight. I'm just saying. You know, could just be my birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Andre. Happy birthday to you. I might be a little late, but happy birthday anyway. It, it, it's okay. You know what? I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I got another rotation around the sun and, you know, got an opportunity to celebrate with some, some great people and, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited as this, this year continues on and, you know, it's just been a pleasure. It's and been, you know it's, it's been a great ride. A birthday means another day better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you get, if you get a chance to experience your birthday, man, it means you got another chance, another year, another opportunity. Yeah, Cause tomorrow isn't promised. So I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for, for every day. And if anybody knows me, you know, I celebrate my birthday every day. It seems like. You know, there's just one, there's just one particular day where my mother was brave enough to go ahead and, and, and um, bring me into this world. (laughs) Guess what? Happy birthday. Happy birthday month to you. Enjoy it and celebrate all year long because it belongs to you. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So 
today, uh, I'm, I'm going to give some thoughts in the beginning here first before I actually get into today's topics. Um, just some, some things that I've observed over the, you know, over the last few weeks and, and things that are going on. Um, in our society. And of course, you know, the moniker here is health and wealth of the future of my people and who are my people you are. Right. So I, I just wanted to talk to you and, and, and I want you guys to really pay attention to the happenings that are going on, not only in our nation, but in the world as a whole, especially dealing with food systems, dealing with finances dealing with changes in the economy because there's going to have to be some changes that you're going to have to make. And it's not for this particular show that we're going to make these changes, but um, start paying more attention to what you're doing with your finances, where you're putting your money, how you're investing and what you are saving for, because we're probably going into by most account, uh, even the very wealthy that we're going into a, a depression period that could be happening. Now, if anybody knows historically about the Great Depression, um, how bad it was and how difficult it was for people to, you know, earn a living just to live day, day by day, but the extremely wealthy were capitalizing on it again. Um, it's going to happen again. Um, in, in, in inflation plus oppression equals depression. Okay. And so right now we're at that inflation point of it. Um, it's not a coincidence that some of the states have already moved to, you know, $15 an hour minimum wage because we already know that everything is going to double and triple um, with supply chains and food systems. And, you know, myself being a chef and in the food industry, um, every day I'm seeing it creep up. It's almost like a, it's like a stock market ticker. It's like yesterday it was, you know, $5.99 to eat something. Today it's $6.99. You know, little simple things people don't pay attention to. Like I don't go to CC's pizza too often, right? But I remember when, you know, CC's was like $4.99 or $5.99, something like that. And I saw a sign the other day, it was like $8.99. And I was like, wow, all right, is this bouncing back from the pandemic? Are they trying to balance some things out? So I just want you to be aware of your finances, be aware of your businesses, be aware of the new tax laws and tax codes that are out there and make sure that you are doing the research and that you are paying attention to what's going on for you and your family, you know, because it's global. It's not just going to be us in the United States. Um, United States may be hit the hardest because we spend the most money. <laughs> you know, we have the most trade. I think we're in $27 trillion worth of debt, but we also bring in $24 trillion worth of, um, you know, cash flow, if you will. If you know anything about business, you understand how important cash flow is because that's how you pay your staff to exchange their money for goods, Right. Um, even though you may be losing money as a company, if you got constant cash flow during the days, you can still keep your staff employed to keep running the business of, of yours until, you know, times get better until things balances out. So, um, pay attention to your finances, pay attention to the little changes in your light bill, your water bill, your gas bill, you know, start looking at the little bit of, you know, one to two cent may not be very significant, but if it's all the way across the board, you know, like electricity prices, 
even if it goes up, you know, a cent per kilowatt and you use a thousand kilowatts per month. I mean, you're looking at an additional anywhere from 20 to $120 a year that you could be paying. And so pay attention to those. Pay attention to when you see late fees on there, on, on any kind of bills or your interest rates fluctuate. Pay attention to those little bitty numbers because um, they're increasing those and they're not really telling you, but they're telling you because they send you out, they, they, they send you out letters and they might send it to you in an email, but you got to read all, all the way down to the bottom. And, you know, most people read probably about halfway or say they look at the light bill. Like I was looking at my light bill the other day and I noticed that my kilowatt hours went up like 0. 0.00032, right? And it's not significant until you get past that 100 kilowatt per hour usage, which normally happens in Texas without a problem because of the heat, running your AC, running fans, cooking anything that you're doing, right? That little increase took my electric bill up almost another 75 bucks because of the amount that we use. I have quite a few people that are in my home and we use quite a bit of electricity and it's never been an issue. Of course, it's always higher in the summertime because the AC goes and, you know, we've had hundred degree weather these last couple of days, but you know, I noticed that. And so of course I sent them a, you know, a letter, sent them an email, gave them a call. And of course I'm, I'm waiting on them them to send me back with this explanation um, because it was about the same amount of watch that I used last year, but it was an additional like $69 plus the tax made it like 75. Right. And I'm like, but it's the same wattage around this same time last year in the same, you know, house. Like I hadn't changed homes. Now I did add a few more people, but it didn't really change that I still keep my air at 74, 75 during the summertime. And I run my ceiling fans almost 24 hours a day. I mean, um, I, I, I think it's time for me to invest in some more Swiffer in some Swiffer stock as much as I use those to clean these fans. Right. But I want you guys really to start looking at those, the little things because it's the big things that they put on the news in front of your face, things like Roe versus Wade, right? And we're going to be discussing that today, but they'll put big things like Roe versus Wade, or they'll put something big about, you know, a police, police officer murders, you know, black man, you know, a, a famous celebrity gets pushed down at a riot. See, they put out the, the real big stuff for you not to pay attention to those small things that are happening in the background. Those little things that if, that you may deem insignificant, even the changes in social media algorithms where you notice some things are going through that you post and some things are being flagged as, you know, as racially geared or racially, you know, uh, provoked, or it doesn't adhere to our social standards of, 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 of community safety and policies, you know, where even, even some people use it profanity because they're offended. Now they can't post anymore or it's taken down. And some of the profane words are simple words like hell which, you know, for us Christian believers is in the Bible, right? You know what I'm saying? And, and, and it's, it's, there is a huge shift after this pandemic that has happened that people aren't paying attention to. There's a spiritual shift as well. That's why I said, I'm gonna take these first 10 minutes to, to get on my soapbox, you know, from the, 
from the 19 early 1900s when they used to, you know, run for political office. There's been a nice spiritual shift, not only in us of the Christian faith, but also, you know, anybody that believes in a higher power than where we are, because there is a sense of newness that is coming out of this calamity that's happening. And many people that aren't spiritually in tune are being attacked harder than us who are because they never really believed in God because they really didn't have the spiritual connection. It's always been about the money, but you know, you know, a man gains the whole world just to lose his soul. Is it really worth it? Right. And so we're at that point now where, you know, it, it really is getting back to morals and having that moral fiber that we were all born and bred with, whether you're from African descent or of any descent of color, especially having those strong spiritual roots and having that sense of integrity and honesty and definite about yourself. Because as you see our society in this country, right, is putting, how should I say, profits over people yet again. Okay. So, that leads me into Roe versus Wade and its overturn, right? Which I think is interesting that it's overshadowing the fact that Ukraine is still at war for the last 124 days. But I'm going to let that be because that's their country and what they're dealing with over there. We're going to talk about what's happening in this country. And uh, if you're listening now, you know, send in the text message, 682-710-1101. You know, join the show on intentionaltalkradio.com, uh, itrnradio.com, or chime in. Or, you know, if you, if you got my cell phone, let me shoot me a text. I get the information. You can log into the Zoom and let's have this conversation. But the overturn of Roe versus Wade, a longstanding, you know, law about abortion and the right for a woman to choose, right? And even though this has been overturned, there's some states that accept abortion and some don't, right? It's just that now the federal government is disbanding that law. And there's been a lot of theories out there as to why, right? Quite a few. I'm not going to get into those different theories, but I'm going to speak from my own personal standpoint. Um. When I was in high school, I was pro-life, okay? I had a, and I'm going to be very transparent, and I don't tell this story too often, but I had an incident that happened where, um, you know, we we and and my high school sweetheart at the time um, had to uh, make a, 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 a tough decision dealing with a chronic illness or birthing a child, and we had to choose not to birth the child. And at that time I was not happy about it because in my mind I was pro-life, right? Because I really didn't understand I'm a man, right? So I'm not understanding from a woman's standpoint or a woman's perspective of, you know, being raped by, you know, somebody in their life or, you know, getting pregnant accidentally, not being prepared, being a young mom, all the different scenarios that are out there, right? And so, like I said, I was 16, 17 years old. And in that, in that, in, in that moment, you know, uh, it was in my mind, it was pro-life. And then I, in that moment, I decided, I said, well, you know what, God, if I had a choice between, you know, my woman that's having a baby 
or the baby, I would choose my woman. And it was more selfish reasons because, you know, she was here first. I already know her. Plus, you know, who am I to have to raise a child alone because this woman, you know, died to birth a kid for me, right? So my views changed as time went on. But when I was in high school, I was very pro-life. And I remember being um, on the debate team. And <laughs> as a debater, I was probably one of the top in the state at that time. Um, and in, in, in this debate, um, you had to, our debate was about abortion and I had to be pro-choice, right? Cause they don't really give you a, a, a choice to, to, to be either or. They tell you which one you're going to debate to determine if you're a great debater or not, right? So it's like, Pro-life or pro-choice? We didn't get to pick which one. They told us which one. And at the time I was pro-life and was given, you know, me and my team had to do pro-choice. And we went all the way to second place in state with going for pro-choice, right? And it really helped me to understand the psyche of what women had to deal with or deal with when becoming pregnant. And many people, and, and I used to be really big on this. So sometimes people just make bad decisions. The timing isn't right. You know, God's timing is never wrong, right? It's us that choose to make decisions that cloud or change things. Like, for instance, if you're not financially prepared, you know, and you're having unprotected sex, married or not, and you get somebody pregnant, right? You God didn't make any mistakes, but we didn't set ourselves up to be prepared for this anomaly that's going to happen known as a child, right? Um, I, I, I know because, you know, I started off as a young father and, and went on to have five, but none of them were mistakes. All of them were choices that were made that may have been avoided, you know, with some thought put into it, right? So with the overturning of Roe versus Wade, basically, what has happened is that women who who had little rights in this country for an extremely long time, much like black people, right, in this country, much like African Americans in this country, um, because it was controlled by a very white supremacist society at the time. And it's currently run by, you know, majority wealthy white men and make the decisions for it. And I've always said this, you've probably heard this on my show once or twice before, you know, the, the, the women of the men that are in power didn't get the same rights as slaves did until 1965 with the voted right act. So I want you to put that in perspective when you think about how Roe versus Wade got overturned, because it's always been about who's at the top of the hill, Right. In addition to that, there's some rumors going around and some stories and, and some, some, some background on the fact that the, you know, the white race is going to be wiped out by like 2050 if, um, if they continue to, to allow abortions to happen. Now I did some mild research on it. I didn't do a, a whole heck of a lot of it, but in doing that, some of that research found out some all kind of incredible things like, you know, 33% of the aborted babies here in the United States are white women and 38% are black women. And I find it interesting that 38% of it being black women, um, when we only hold 13% of the entire country and 33% being white people. But then I also saw that, you know, white women 
and, and, and white people here in the country percentage wise are on a decline as well. So if you think about it on a broad scale, 38% of 13% of people is a much smaller number. And of course they try to paint it like it's really going to affect. If you watch the news, they paint it like it's really going to affect the African American community, right? Because we're 38% most, you know, most people that are getting, most women that are getting abortions, right? But that's of 13 million in comparison to the, what is it? 67% of white people that's in this country, which puts them way over, you know, three, 300, 300 million or so. Think about 33% of 300 million and then 38% of 13 million, right? So if you, if you just did the math, we'll do simple math. If you just do 10% of 300, you know, 300,000, 300 million people here in the United States, you know, you're talking roughly like 30 minute kids that are being aborted just from white women, right? Whereas 38% of black women is doing it. If you do it, like I said, at 10% for the 13 million of us that are here in the United States, you do it by 10%. You're talking about 130,000 in comparison to 33 million, right? So in this reverse of the Roe versus Wade, this is my personal opinion, and I'm probably whoever's going to hear this now or in the future, probably going to catch some flack for this. But you know what? Again, like I tell you, I'm the, I'm the faith of Martin and the fury of Malcolm. I am unafraid and unabashed, right? Muhammad Ali grew up in my hometown. I grew up a couple of miles from where his mother lives, uh, lived, right? And so, you know, uh, you my opposer here in my own country, right? That's why he didn't go over and fight. But anyway, I personally think the overturn of Roe and Wade is to actually keep intact the um, the very biblical principle of, you know, be fruitful and multiply for white people. Right. And to my white friends out there, I don't want you to think this is some kind of racist rant. You know, this is something I believe is to to be a concrete backed up factual thing. This is not a an attack of you as a white person. This is just coming up with my own personal uh, um, knowledge of how factual this could be. Because if there are 33% of 300 million people, you know, um, that are aborting children, that means you're losing kids at about third the amount, right? Just put that in perspective of all the women, 300,000, 300 million of them, 33% of them went in there with your, that, that you're losing 33% of that, right? That's a third. So very quickly, we can see why the majority of white men that are in Congress, right? Made or even put this bill on the table because again I was pro-life but I had a very masculine <laughs> masculine thinking process when I was much younger uh, not taking to account the nine months or the grueling endurance that a woman has to deal with with being pregnant right I had that 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 idea that you know you're pregnant we have kids you know we don't kill right I never took into consideration some of the other life-threatening issues that could happen, um, you know, to women in this process. 
And so I became, you know, pro-choice. And the reason I became pro-choice, because life is about choice. It had less to do with abortion or pro-life. It had more to do with you have to live with the sins that you commit, not me. I have to live with mine, right? Even if I agree to something that's going to affect people overall, like going to war, people die at wars. Does that put blood on my hands if I said, yes, we should go to war like a president would? Yes, it does. I'm, I'm, I'm responsible for this, but I can only account for what I've done in my lifetime when I go see the great creator, when I go see the most high. And when I get to that, you know, that's where the discussion about my do's and don'ts and my choices come in. Right. And so I knew, I know I got a couple of my ladies that are on here, Colette and Kiana. So you guys could definitely chime in from a woman's perspective, but I know for me, from a guy's perspective, you know, it was choice anyway. Even if they put in the law to say pro-life, right, it's still a choice because we all know, even though they put stuff in the law, people still figure out how to do it. Think about how long weed was illegal, right? People were still selling weed. People were still smoking weed, right? And now weed has become legal. Cocaine, crack, heroin, meth, all those things are illegal in certain ways, but people still figure out how to do it. So them overturning this really just shows how it shows the the arrogance of their power that they believe that they have, right? Because the choice still comes down to the individual. Colette, I see you come off mute. Did you want to say something? I do. I do. Uh, and, and I'm going to start from the beginning. Thank you for this discussion. We're going to be discussing this topic and a few others on tomorrow's show on Change Matters as well. And what I want to say is I'm a girl. I, God brought me here as a girl, grew up to be a lady. I'm a woman. I'm a mother. I've been a wife. I'm a sister. I'm still a girl. My, my choices as to what I do with me that don't involve anybody else have nothing to do with some middle-aged white man who doesn't know his ass from a hole in the ground, okay? He has no right, none whatsoever. So let me take it a step further. Andre, do you have kids? Yes, I have four daughters and a son. Okay, so you have five kids. You have four daughters and a son. Do you have any foster kids? I do not, but it's it's great that you asked that question. My okay. best friend... Uh, my best friend has been fostering kids for a little over 27 years now. I think okay. he's, uh, him and his wife has done, man, at least 30 kids and all of them are my nieces and nephews. <laughs> okay. But go ahead. Okay. Well, my cousin and her mother, the two of them have had foster kids for as long as I can remember. I started working in the foster care agency, not industry, agency back in 1984 when my oldest daughter was in either elementary school or middle school. Um, we have had a politician and his name is Newt Gingrich who is a complete and total idiot. He talked about going to an orphanage. There are no more orphanage, orphanages, okay? 
with his dumb ass. He didn't even know that. So orphanage is a word that isn't even used anymore. If you've never gone to a foster care home, if you don't know anything about caring for someone else's children, where the biological parents are unable unable or unqualified or incapable of taking care of their own children, stop talking. If you don't know anything about a kid being a ward of the state, you have no right, no rhyme, no reason to talk to anybody about what they do with their bodies. Okay, if you've never taken care of a child outside of your home, shut up. If you have not gone to the state and said, give me a boatload of those kids and I'm going to care for them, shut up. Do you know what the state does to kids who are wards of the court? How about nothing? Nothing. This is true. Okay, nothing. And it boils my blood, as you can see. Yes, I can see. These, these middle-aged white men, middle-aged white men, especially, who talk about why abortion is banned and overturning Roe v. Wade, old, middle-aged, dumbass white men. Really? Really? And Greg Abbott, who is a bona fide retard said, well, if a girl gets pregnant by somebody that's raped, we're going to arrest all the rapists. We're going to do our jobs and arrest all the rapists. He is a retard and somebody needs to give him the boot and put him out. There's no such thing. And the very idea that he would say that to the people of the state of Texas that I love, he needs to be court-martialed, arrested, quarantine, put somewhere so he can't do any more damage because he has damaged women. He does not know what it takes to birth a child. Forget that part. He does not know what it takes when a girl has had incest committed, when a girl has been raped, when a girl has been molested, when a girl has been abused and she finds out she's 12 years old and she's got a living being in her body when she gives birth let me ask you a question when was the last time you gave birth andre it ain't gonna happen it ain't gonna I happen never. but for a 12 year old it should never happen it should never happen 13 years old it should never happen my student treasure was pregnant and 13 at crenshaw high school she was a complete and total mess. And she and her mother gave birth at the same time. Wow. Travesty. I shudder to think what, Tre- what Treasure and her daughter are doing today. Okay? I shudder I'm to hoping, think. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping they rose. I'm hoping, I know it's difficult. I'm hoping they rose. That's a tough one. But based on I where mean, she came from, chances are she did not. She did not. I had a student at Locke High School whose mother did not come to the school to enroll her, to enroll her daughter because she wanted her daughter to stay home and take care of her 13 
children. And her daughter had a baby at 16 and her mother would not let her go back to school. Quit telling me about what old, middle-aged, know-nothing, no-account white men want. What makes them think they have a right? They don't have a right. They do not have a right not at all. Let's not even take this any further because the speculation is the next thing on the chopping block is Brown versus the Board of Education. Okay? That's the next thing on the chopping block. Next thing on the chopping block is what happens with black folks. That's already there. It's And, and this bill, this bill that Joe Biden signed, every black person on the planet should be outraged. No more lynching. Here in 2022 and you think we should be jumping up and down no more lynching what the hell it should have been gone right really really we're still talking about lynching in In 2022 yep in 22 there was someone jumping up and down talking about oh yeah yeah that and it was somebody it was yeah i was gonna go ahead kiana go ahead and say that somebody was yeah i was gonna bring that up yep that's what yeah, uh, so a brother was recently lynched in Philadelphia. I believe it was Philadelphia. Yeah, yep. it was Philadelphia. Yeah, or or like a township right outside of Philadelphia. Yeah. Yes, yeah. correct. And and now there's a bill. Now there's a bill. No more lynching. Really? I think it's interesting really? that you need to put in place a law like yes. that. That's what's yeah. really interesting to me. That they're not me, lynching, that... but they're sure, surely shooting. Yeah, then, exactly. Why don't you put a bill? Why don't you folks, you middle-aged white men, why don't you talk about? The fact that black folks are being killed when they're innocent people sitting in their car, standing on the porch, running down the the runway, jogging through the neighborhood, and they're being shot and killed. So talk about that. You want to talk about what a woman can do with her body? You talk about that. I personally feel like... um... Uh, and I'm going to just be entirely sharp-needled here. I really honestly feel like the whole world is um, white men's poaching grounds. Like, they just cut down anything. They they stay coming after us. And yeah, not they're, just they're white just men, trying to but keep then, their jobs. They're just trying to keep their jobs until they can't do nothing else. But they, you know, to create sporting or, you know, poaching is a thing that people do when they go out. You know, they're hunting. They're game hunting. And it's basically murder for fun is what it is. And I feel like we get treated that way a lot of times too. Um, you know, kind of a, a lot of different people end up at the end of the sword of some Western nation, end up at, you know, laid out in a someplace being buried in mass graves behind some overthrowing of their government and their government was willing to do it. And, you know, it's it just, I mean, just entire nations ravaged and Andre when you said spiritual when you alluded to spiritual warfare literally that's all it is it's spiritual warfare because everything 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 natural is under attack I agree yes you're absolutely right it is a spiritual warfare and as I say every day as I say every Sunday during the prayer call if people don't get right People need to understand this is not for play. This is not a play thing. We are really 
dealing with some very, 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 uh, very intense issues that stem from a lack of spirituality, a lack of spirituality, mocking God, inhumane behavior, taking people and, and proclaiming things that are terribly unnatural. We're dealing with a whole lot of things. And folks think that, oh, well, this is jail. Well, it's, it's the time. Oh, well, oh, well, hell. No. I mean, this is the, this, the, the, this is, um, this is a very interesting time that we're in period because yes. of remember why we, you know, Kiana, like, like she said, the spiritual changes that are happening that people aren't paying attention to mm-hmm. is, 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 is what's causing this, yes. this riff and this yes. switch yes. in how yes. people yes. think and, 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 and how people do. Right. Um, uh, uh, Kiana, I want you to finish your point, but I'm, I'm going to bring up a joke that I did the other day. Um, you know, when I was, when I was talking, uh, to some, to some friends and also to Maria. And I said, um, I said, you know what? Today I'm going to identify as a white guy. <laughs> no, you didn't. I did. No. And, and, and they looked at me like, like what? You can't do that. No, I said, why not? I said, why not? <laughs> I said, you know, people can identify if they were born woman, they can identify as a man. People can have sex changes and still birth children. Right. There's women that that become men legally, but still want to have a child and keep all their parts so they can still become pregnant. But on the outside, you'll look at them. They got full beards and short hat, you know, short hair. You know, there's people there's people that say, yeah, I'm non-binary. What is it? Non-binary. I'm not male. I'm not male. I'm not male or female. It just means they're not. Well, you know, binary. It's it's all cold. Either. Yes. Right. So it's code. Binary code is the one in the zero that causes the power to come on and go off. Mm-hmm. Right. So when they said they're non-binary, that means they're not off or on. They're not a symbol of, you know, arrow pointed to one way or a cross pointing down to express their masculinity or their femininity, their choice. Again, this comes down to choice. But I said, I'm going to I'm going to identify as a white man. Right. And I'm going to go around with my camera and I'm going to see how stupid people look at me when, when I say that and I walk into this place and I'm going to ask people, what do you think that I am? Oh, you're probably African American. No, I'm a white guy. Well, it'll be like, well, how? Well, I mean, I, I, I mean, we're in a society where we can do that. And what has happened is because of this freeness that has happened, you know, to people's spirit, losing that, that, that connection to, you know, to good choices or losing that connection to having morals is why we're at this point that people in Congress would no even be able to would be no able morals. to vote because you got to think there there's there's some people that didn't vote for this, but there's you know 500 plus people that vote to overturn this in the Supreme Court. You know, to have this go on, they petition for this to happen, and. It goes back to this point of how society has changed so much that you can pretty much dictate what you want to do, but then you get the people up on how to make laws. I mean, there's more laws for the LGBTQ community than there are for women individually and people of African-American descent and people of color that that was 
Like we know that, you know, homosexuality has been around since, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah days. This is not something new. We're not dealing with, you know, new people being gay or being queer or being trans. This is not something new, but because so many people bonded together in outrage to speak, not only do they have acronyms, they have laws that protect them, whether you're black, white, or other, but we still don't have those same laws that protect the women and then protect the people that are black. That's because I, that I, the, I LG, that. the LGBTQ movement has white men at the helm. Whether they call themselves they white men or not, they, they are literally visually white male. No matter how much makeup and or dresses or heels or whatever – we know what's at the helm. Anytime there's any kind of anything, white men are at the helm. We know this, and it's also incredibly visible. But the front-facing people are going to be the females, the sort of the, – they're – they're going to be the females that are going to be the front facing, the ones that are on social media. They're going to, you know, the ones yep. that everybody wants to look at, but the ones creating the, there you go. are going to be the ones, they're going to be the white men who say that they're women and they're having uteruses implanted in them, that type stuff. And they're going to be the ones creating the laws. That's what that is. Yep. And you know, the reason why they put women on, on, on front stage, because we're still in a very, male dominated society, right? And it's something that I learned in sales and in, in, in business and in many industries that I've been. You know, um most of the time men and women enjoy looking at a good looking woman. Right? A man, a good looking man, doesn't necessarily another man doesn't necessarily want to see a good looking man as much as he wants to see a good looking woman. See a good looking woman brought draws in both sexes. See, a good-looking man is just a good mouthpiece. Like me, I mean, I compliment a dude on it, but I don't look at him like, oh, my God, he's just so handsome. Let me let me go talk to him. Let me be attracted to him. See, they put the good-looking women in the front because it appeals to both of the irises of male and female, right? I mean, we talk about, you know, JFK and his wife. Who was more beautiful? If you ask any man, they're going to say Jackie O. If you ask any woman, they may say both. She looked funny to me. Right. But (laughs) if you had a choice between the two, most of the time people are going to pick Jackie O. Especially for that time. (laughs) You you, you, you understand what I'm saying? And it's it's better, and and I'll speak to it from, you know, being a chef, you walk into a restaurant, most people feel more comfortable when it's a beautiful girl at the register than it is when it's a handsome guy. And it's just kind of a, a psyche thing. And the people in power know this. That's why they make sure they put the most presentable people that are especially in the female, especially for the LGBTQ community in the front, Mm -hmm. because they know that both sides are going to be wanting to listen or wanting to pay attention. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's been a psychological mind F (laughs) for centuries. Okay. Let me take it a step further. I don't mean to interrupt you, but let me take it a step further. You're you do mean to interrupt me. I'm just, oh, I'm go ahead. <laughs> go ahead, Colette. Go ahead. Sorry about that. <laughs> You're a thousand percent right. If you notice in advertising, whether, especially on network television, it doesn't matter what is being advertised. It's always a white woman. Mm. A car. Pepto-Bismol food, 
It doesn't matter. <laughs> okay, it does. I'm serious. Not Pepto. It doesn't matter. A woman can sell anything. Just as Andre said, you put a woman in the front at a restaurant, especially if she's a pretty good looking woman and she knows how to smile, it's going to be a woman. Let's, but that's conditioning. To be fair, that is conditioning. And that's very okay, short lived conditioning. Con- but it's, it's conditioning because we have been indoctrinated. <laughs> have been right. conditioned to believe that's what sells and that's more tantalizing. That's more palatable. That's easy on the eyes, easy on the palate. What's easy on the eyes and, is we've been conditioned to think is a very Eurocentric look. But it's, it's still a fact. Truth. Truth. And then you really think about it, if you really think about it, and I'm going to speak to this from a man's point of view, right? Sex sells. Men has always seen, not always, majority have always seen women as sexual. Okay, there you go. That's exactly what it is. Yes. And regardless of whether, you know, you, you want to marry this woman, you, you know, it, you know, just want to be friends with her, you know, it, any of that men were visual people, yep. even from the yep. beginning of time. And so because most of the time the men are in control, the men are making the laws, especially white men in this country, right? When you see a beautiful woman and we know that sex sells, they're really selling to the man. I'm gonna push back on that a little bit if I can. It's a fact. Go right ahead. It's a fact. I'm, 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 I'm listening. Let's go, Key. I'm thinking, yes, men are visual, and yes, women are visual, and yes, both parties, men and women, are both intellectual. So it's not. I don't. I, I think we've just followed the leader in terms of conditioning that we're visual so the woman has to be pretty. Well, quite frankly, don't nobody ever care about what a woman wants. So they just put old dirty, dusty old dude up on the on the, on the the screen in some random khakis and a shirt, and we're not expected to swoon. We don't matter. Our opinion doesn't matter. However, prior to very Eurocentric conditioning, you look at other cultures, and there was no men are far more visual than women and men are and women are this and men are that you didn't have that extreme divide that tells you that men and women are so vastly different i don't believe men and women are as different as we've been taught i really don't specifically and probably almost entirely because if we're supposed to exist coexist and then procreate we couldn't at our very nature we couldn't be that different if that was the uh, if that was the goal like if 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 part of our nature is to procreate if we choose nature ain't gonna make you all that different it's not gonna make you so vastly different that it's impossible for you to get along therefore making it more impossible for you to even breed that doesn't make sense that's why there's so much fighting against men and women because we've been taught that we're so vastly different. Men are hypersexual. Women are not as sexual. BS. My entire life I've had more of a sex drive than any man I've ever known. Sorry, okay, mommy. So, I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry, I mommy. didn't want to hear that. Hey, it's not the, hey, we've grown now. We've grown now. Like <laughs> you said, if mama can't handle the real, we have to put it on mother. Right? right? If mama can't handle the real, because hey, if you just... talk to any I have four, like I said, I got four girls. If you talk to any of my girls, they say, you know what? My father is the realest when it comes to talking about those. 
I said because I you gotta have those conversations. That's how I stayed away from um of, of of having none of my none of my women. I mean, none of my uh, daughters getting pregnant and my son not getting no girl pregnant <laughs> and they're all adult children right now good, and good. we la, broke la, la, all la. them statistics right but but Keanu you do bring up a you know a, a, a serious point in that because I've always thought about it you know in the sense of men and women we, we fit together like puzzle pieces right yeah. and even though you have a different piece of the puzzle in your picture you know my puzzle fits into yours which makes us a cohesive unit mm-hmm. right and people don't see it that way, like you said, because we've been so fashioned to say that, that we are that different. Now, there are some things that have been, you know, that, that have happened over time that have caused this, this shift, you know, especially with, you know, man being a more power, you know, predominantly. And it's funny because men are the minority in this world and we have the power, which I think has always been itchy. You know, it's like what 2.6 women to every man right now or something like that. Uh, but like that. anyway, if you, if you go, if you go by just, just, you know, I'm going to use the Bible, you know, for the example. And if we go with the story of Adam and Eve being the first two, you know, in the beginning, it was them two and they both were perfect in whatever gender that they were, that they were, you know, Adam being male. Um, Eve being female, but they were perfect before, you know, the fall happened, right? That damn apple. Man, <laughs> apple, passion fruit, uh, what's, what's the, what's the other ones that I, uh, uh, uh see? Pomegranate. Mango. You know, I read a story, I read a story that it said pomegranate was the forbidden fruit that was on there. It just looked like an apple. And that's how they passed it on over the time. But anyway. The, you know, the forbidden fruit, you know, really was the truth, but you know, about life and death, right? Because, uh, you know, when you really look at it, it's like Adam and Eve didn't know, you know, life or death. They were just burst. All they knew was life. And then, of course, you know, yeah. the whole apple comes into play and, and then they get the same knowledge. And it's difficult in a carnal body to have, you know, a, a an incarnate understanding of someone who created you. That's why parents and children often don't get along until the children are much older because, the thinking process, you, you you know, well, what did I see on Instagram the other day? Have you ever created people before? I created <laughs> my own people, right? Yep. Because the, but your children don't understand you as they grow up because they don't have your mindset of you creating them. Yeah. Same thing happened with Adam and Eve, didn't have the mindset of how God created them. And as time grew, they understood the knowledge of good and evil. They understood the knowledge of life and death. And that's where that divide started between us being puzzle pieces that fit to being two different puzzles Mm -hmm. because it started from there, you know, and it just kind of trickled down much how they say, you know, sin happened and all the other things that have happened, you know, in life. And it became, and it put a wedge between us on purpose, in my opinion, put a wedge between us on purpose for the situations that we're dealing with now. You know, because it, it brought, brought a divide. Like me, any guy that asked me, it was Adam's fault. Most people will say it was Eve's fault because she brought it to him. I said, well, if you look at the story, the last that I checked, and I could be reading this completely wrong, God told Adam not to eat from that tree. Adam told Eve not to eat from that tree, right? Not God telling Eve. He told Adam, who was the head of the, the garden, and it was his job to let Eve know to stay away from it. And Eve even asked him, did God really say that? 
The devil asked her or the serpent asked her, did God really say that? And when she brought it to Adam, Adam had a choice. He could have said no. See, God is the creator of all. I'm pretty sure if Adam would have said no, God would have, you know, got rid of Eve and gave him another one, right? <laughs> you know, because he's God at that time. They were made from clay, you know, based on the story, right? But Adam, in his perfect smartness, you know, decided that, well, you know, God said this, but he gave me this woman so she can't be wrong. And it started to divide there. Instead of him standing on his ground and saying, no, babe, we can't do that. This is what I was told. It's Adam's fault. It's not Eve's fault. It's Adam's fault. Adam, she was there as a helpmate. And she brought something to you with information from somebody else. That to this day, I don't understand how you even got in the garden. But he was in the garden anyway, right? And he told Eve, hey, Eve, this is not what God said it is. Taste it. Eve tastes it, she awakes, she brings it to her husband, to her helpmate, to her head of the household, to her equal partner, however you want to look at it. She brought it to him, and because God told him not to eat from that tree, he had an option not to do it. He chose to, and in that choice is where the division began, because now he was separated from God and gets kicked out of the garden, and we don't have the the, the spiritual understanding we once had with that connection, you know, they had to hide behind bushes and it did, you know, the, the spiritual, that spiritual telephone line, you know, has, you know, Jesus on the main line, tell them what they want. Well, see what happened was Adam, Adam forgot to pay the phone bill on that one when he took the apple. So do, are you saying that we no longer blame both of them? We should only blame Adam. No, I only blame Adam because he had a choice. See, Eve came from Adam. Yes. yes. Flesh of flesh, bone of bone. She wasn't created from clay and dirt like Adam was. She wasn't created out of nothingness. God took a piece of Adam out and created her. So she is a piece of him, which is what is making them one. Right? When you talk about marriage, the two becoming one, made them one because it's flesh of my flesh. Right? Eve was deceived. Adam had an opportunity to fix it. Adam didn't. What Adam did was, was listen to his wife. Even though the great high, most high told him, don't eat from this tree because you'll have the knowledge of good and evil. Basically, he was talking about between life and death. If you do, if you stay here and don't eat from this tree, you'll have eternal life and live with the, get to frolic with the lions and the lions aren't eating the sheep. And, you know, uh, uh, you know, the frogs aren't eating the, the, the flies. Everybody that's alive gets to stay alive. And, you know, uh, they never really talk about them having to eat in the garden. So you really didn't have to be a vegetarian or a carnivore because you had a perfect existence so you would just live happy right Adam chose when she gave him the apple he chose to eat it and in that choosing he chose her over God and because of that the fall of man happened it doesn't say the fall of woman now God cursed them both because God has an infinite wisdom it's both y'all fault. It's both y'all fault. But Adam, 
<laughs> you're gonna catch the worst of this. Yeah, because you're gonna have to deal with that woman that's gotta be this birth for nine months. Yeah, you're gonna have to deal with her 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 pains and her her tragedies that go on. Yeah, you're gonna have to deal with her cycle, even though he cursed her. So you've got to deal with that. You've got to deal with the mood swings. You've got to deal with all these changes. And on top of that, you've got to work from sun up to sundown, my brother. You don't get okay. a break. So so from the beginning. From the beginning. As you mentioned, as you mentioned before, and as I continue to say and will continue to say, we've lost our morals. It's not necessary. We've lost the connection to the most high. That's true. Lost the connection to the most high. Therefore, we have no morals. So when we have no morals, anything goes any way, anyhow. It doesn't matter. Anything goes. Okay. So because we have lost that, it's going to take another lifetime for those things to come back. However, yeah. we don't have another lifetime. We have this lifetime to make the change that we need to this make. Lifetime. How do we make change? I don't believe that change is going to happen in the street. I don't believe it at all because it's, it hasn't happened. We had someone on the show last week and it caused me to look up some things, which I did not know. Did you know that BLM has been given billions of dollars, billions, not M, but B, billions of dollars. Did you know that? Yep. Okay. You knew that. I didn't know that. I did. Yes, I I did. Okay. Billions. It was on the Black Enterprise Town Hall last week. And apparently, folks have known that they have raked in millions of dollars, but not billions. They've raked in billions of dollars. The next thing mm-hmm. is that BLM was in the street. And BLM said they were making change for the Black community, communities of color. Not true at all. BLM went in because their focus and their mission, their primary mission is the LGBTQ community. Yes, yes that's it. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Because and, and and it's it's interesting that you bring this up because I know we only got a couple of minutes, so Kiana, you know, I'm 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 wrap this up. Touching on that BL BLM. All my friends thought I was crazy when I told them. I said they started an organization because of a young teenage black man being murdered, but don't mention that they help black males in none of their motto, vision, or mission statement. And it's right there on their website, and it's been on their website for, I want to say, seven, eight years at this point. Most of us are just blinded or preconditioned, as Kiana would say, or conditioned. To just accept because it was a, a cute tagline, Black Life Matter. Yeah. Hashtag yeah. BLM. It's a cute hashtag in line. See, I never bought any Black Lives Matter shirt. And you can go through all my social media posts. You never saw me post anything, uh, you know, to that effect because I understood that they created that organization with an agenda for the LGBTQ community. That's it. And that's not all. Not for, that's not right. for, not for me. anybody else. That's right. Not for me. Not I for wouldn't me. even. I wouldn't even have been mad if they were supporting LGBTQ if they were also including me, the black man, 
that that they originally started the organization based on well, Trayvon Martin. They Exactly, because they put it in there to say this was based on moms coming together because of the death of Trayvon Martin to, you know, to help the black community. And then it goes further into the LGBTQ, the, the queer and everything else. And I'm like, how do you not mention black men and you claim to start an organization for a black teen that was murdered? I have to step right? in really quick. We need to really understand how these movements and organizations, how they evolve in this country. Please do not be misunderstood understand instead understand that these organizations do not start out with mission statements they do not start out with mission statements only organizations that are legally declared as organizations that have paperwork and legal documents and white u.s government shit that defines Mm -hmm. them the only then do they need a mission statement they did not start out that way. No no organization, no radical organization ever starts out with a mission statement. They start well, out pissed you. off. They, 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 start, they, they came on, up with the mission Hold on, statement. hold on. Hold, yeah, yeah. Here's what happens with black organizations. You had all these people that came out, the, came out angry, upset about what was going on. They came out, as I've said before, they came out with an honest Mission, not a mission statement, a mission. They were pissed off like the rest of us. But what happens? The same thing that happens for those of you who lived in the 60s when you saw these organizations, all these groups of people that organized, you saw them get coerced by the government. Don't forget that, you guys, for real. Understand that that you live in the United States, damn it. This is the thing that happens daily. As, as often as, as, as water flows and, and air flows, when you have organizations that are a little too radical, pointing out a little too much, you got white boy that's going to come in with some paperwork, and they're going to overhaul you. Whether you like it or not, you're either going to be undone or you're going to be overhauled, and you're going to be mainstreamed. You're going to be watered down. That's just what's going to happen. So, yeah, it's a travesty that BLM has been commercialized, but so was music. So was black television. So was so were black people globally, commercialized and whittled down to nothing more than I, token people and people to laugh at. So BLM is no different than you and I in that regard. Paid for, step and fetch it. Paid for, same thing. <laughs> Let's be honest about where we are and quit. We don't have the space. I'm going to be, I'm going to say this. And I know this is a very unpopular opinion. We do not have the space to point fingers at each other because we all suffer the exact same overthrow. Just the circumstances are different. That's it. You happen to not be part of BLM. So you don't under, you don't undergo that version of, of the overthrow, but you go, you endure the overthrow that is relevant to the way you live your life. So let's not pretend like BLM is some anomaly that has done so such egregious acts. We have no more Panthers. Anybody want to talk about that? Anybody want to talk about how the Panthers, as great of a job as they did, how they too 
were overthrown? Do we want and to wiped talk? out? Yep. And wiped yeah, out. But, 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 but have, hold on no, a second. But no, hold on a second. Let me finish hold my. Let me finish my Our point. Panthers were here when I was alive. And my family, my family was a part of the extension of the Panthers. So between the Panthers, they got overthrown. BLM, Martin Luther King got overthrown. Malcolm X BLM, got overthrown. Every last yep. one of them got overthrown. Okay. You cannot live compare. in Satan's house and not they stink of Satan. You cannot compare the Panthers to BLM. There's no space at all. When, if, they you, don't if you heard compare, what I said, not even a little. If you heard bit, what I said, I never made the comparison between the two of them, and I don't know what. It, what specifically you, you think I'm comparing what of the organizations but what I am saying is that they were both overthrown we know that that's that's what I'm saying both of them suffered the same fate both of them truth okay they were both they well BLM has not been overthrown because they're part of the establishment let's that get, is what that is that is what that is okay. to be let's to be become part of the establishment is still to be collecting, they're still collecting money they're it's still the collecting same money. Thing. They're still part of the white establishment. They still have George Soros who uh, supports them. They still, of course. okay, thank you. And Patrice Colors is still out there at Warner Brothers, and they're still making false claims. They're still collecting money, and they're still up for indictment. They're still up for indictment, just like they, just like Bernie Madoff. Did so you know you had Panthers that did the exact same thing? No, Kiana. Okay, no. I'm out. No, 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 no. See, the government was afraid of the Panthers. That's why they wanted to eradicate, extinct. The government had Panthers okay. on the inside the writing out. The government, the, the government paid other Panthers, paid the some of the lesser known have, Panthers but the to government rat out was and afraid be... of the Panthers. They're not afraid of BLM. They're not afraid of BLM. Why do you think? Well, you weren't even thought of back then, but there was a, there were a tons of things that went on that we saw firsthand. And my mother was a part of the movement. So what the Panthers did for us ain't nobody done since. So okay? let me, let me ask you this question because we're, we're, we're a little bit past time and, you know, um, we're going to uh, go and over I'm, it and I'm I'll go- allow it. Kenny's going to be okay. super upset, I'm going- but I'll allow it. I'm going, I'm going to, uh, extend my comments on the Black Panthers to the, to the next show. But with that being said, if the government was in fear of the Panthers, why didn't they continue to last like the NAACP? Why didn't what? If the government was in fear of the Panthers, right? Why do they not exist today? Why do they not exist today? Correct. Okay. You know what? The FBI, the CIA, and coercion. Because getting to them, getting to them was first and foremost. They were burned down. The house on Central Avenue and 41st was burned to the ground. It was a nationwide event. The police went in and burned them up. The the so-called kidnap of Patty Hearst, which we all know was not a real kidnapping of Patty Hearst. Okay. Patty Hearst was on the run with the with the Panthers for I can't even remember how long. It was that long. Huey Newton went on for a very, very long time. And black folks decided that you know what? We want to integrate. 
We want to integrate. We want to be a part of them. We want them to give us money. We want them to let us move into their neighborhoods. We want to be just like them. The worst because thing we integration ever did. took over. So, because so. The, but because what we learned, what we learned, we were told not to live it. Because what we learned that we were self-sufficient, that we could sustain ourselves. Mm-hmm. We learned stability. We learned it. My mother can. There were houses on Wapello. There was the big, gigantic, that was considered, it really wasn't a mansion, but it was. Okay? That's where all of the women talked. Okay? The Glorietta Center that my mother ran right off of Fair Oaks. Okay? Folks so it would have not- been, so, so in, 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 based on what you're, what you're saying now, it would have been better to take Malcolm's approach of self-sufficiency picking up our arms and protecting ourselves as opposed to taking Martin's approach of let's work together for a better nation. Okay. And you know what? Martin is the one that says, how do we continue to support our oppressor? It was Martin that said that. It was Martin that said that. And, and what, but he was a strong proponent of, but he also integration as well. That he, he also realized that this ain't going to work for us. And that's when he went on the campaign. How do you support your oppressor? I'm going to pay you so that you can oppress me. And it was Martin and Malcolm that came together before his demise, before he was murdered and said, we mm-hmm. need to pull this together. We need to do this collectively. That was and, they right did, before. and the government didn't want that. That was right. The and they government killed them both. did not want that. Okay. And they so, killed them both. Yes, and they killed them both. And then tried to blame it on black people that did it. And you, you were, please. Okay. <laughs> I think that's My mother took us to a Klan's meeting. We lived in Altadena down the street from the KKK. San Marino was the job where John Birchers were. Arcadia was John Birchers. We couldn't go to Arcadia and Glendale. Okay. And now that we can, you think it's any better? You know what? We can pass through. We can pass through. Uh, and another but, thing, but, too, though, also, the CIA uh, got a hold of some people who were activists of that in that era, Panthers, non-Panthers, um, but they got a hold of some lesser-known people that were part of any of the movements, especially the black movements um, in particular. But Okay, and um, anybody, and, and Patrice Cullors okay, well, and Alicia Garza. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Keanu. Sorry about that. Oh, this is uh, good. Go ahead, I Keanu. was just going to say, yeah. Um, I was going to say the CIA got a hold of those people and threatened to murder their families unless they gave up information to the CIA about the Panthers, about other people inside the movement. That happens now, but it only happens digitally, That, ha- which is why um, it suggested ding, ding, that a ding. lot of people take their cell phones uh, you can't just turn your cell phones off. That's not enough. You either leave that joint at home or you have a specific device yep. that shuts off any and all recognition of that thing even existing. Because even if your cell phone is off, your microphone can be turned on. Your location yep. is still your computer. Known. Yep. It's never all the way off. It's just sleep. You know, you got to get that little, you got to get that little, the little device to make your phone go analog. 
Right. And it, you know what? You have to get it's, people. It's, it's no. It's more of a cloaking device because if you're analog or digital, they have they have the ability to detect its existence. Period. It's there's something. Well, my phone is non-binary. No, there's. Ah. there's <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying is, is that you had the CIA, who is the quiet organization that knows how to go in, find the people that they need to find, infiltrate them, tell them what they threaten their lives, threaten their families in order to get what they need. And you have a brother who's out there who's part of the movement who's trying to do good and you and he comes home from, you know, from work or from a march or something. And he sees these four to five white men in his house that got his family all held up in, in, in the kitchen, sitting at the kitchen table. Right. And he's like, what is going on? Well, okay. the head per, head dude is going to be like, yes, basically, you either give us information or we murder your kids and your wife right here and now. Your choice. Okay. And knowing okay. that these people have lost their families at the hands of the CIA and the FBI and just straight out other other people, the KKK, who happens to be part of both of those organizations, those are those, those are brother organizations. They're frat frat brothers. Our our government is full of Nazis and and KKK members. It's full of these people. They are one and the same. These are the same okay. people who back in the sixties they were they were in their twenties. Now they're out here in their bazillions of years old, and they have kids who they who they they have kids that they taught these lessons. They passed this colonizing oppression trash down to their generations it's not even they don't even have to sit at the dinner table and teach them they don't have to spell it out for them it is their way of life it's automatically understood and then when we come up experiencing this and we we're 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 confused about why roe v wade got overturned these white boys are trying to take no we're not confused not confused well the the one thing i want to back one thing I wanted to say to you, Kiana, when you were talking about that being passed down and um, being taught, they don't have to be taught at the dinner table. For my listeners out there, I want you to put this in perspective for my, 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 my listeners of color so you can understand what Kiana's trying to say about being taught. You know, there are certain things in the black community that no matter what part of uh, the country, the United States you're from, north, south, east, west, there's certain things that 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 are said or certain things that are done that, that we know culturally. And I'm using this as an example so you can understand how yeah. she's using that example of being passed down through generations, right. not necessarily being taught at the table. Like, and I'm going to use it in a comical way, but most of the time, if you're invited to something, black people will ask who's all over there. Right. Right. That's kind of a universal thing that we didn't sit down at the table and talk about that, but it was something that was learned. Like we don't eat everybody's food. I know everybody says that, right? I mean, I wasn't taught that, but growing up, I know that was a thing that was taught passed through generations. Like only somebody, you know, I'm not eating everybody's food. Right. And what Kiana is putting in the context for the listeners is that right or wrong, it's a way of life and a way of teaching. And us as people have to get to that same mode because most of our stuff that's way of life or way of teaching is passed down more comical or jovial as opposed to with direct intent like that is to have control. 
because that's really what these people in power have done. They have taught their generations how to stay in control where we've been teaching our generations how to survive. Right. How to react. And and, and and having said all of that, we're teaching this generation how to survive simply because this generation, the digital generation has said what you learned and the way you did it no longer applies. It is irrelevant, which is a, a horrible thing to even think because it isn't irrelevant. Just because but that's yeah, because it's what it. they've been taught in the schools that's that we send them taught. to and because remember, we didn't teach them. We're not remember, teaching them. They're still right. in the We're same system. Because you got to think they're in the same system, the same school system that they was taught think. by by the same people of the wealthy that taught us. And, and so those what? kids are being taught the same thing. And that's why they think our stuff is outdated because they're being taught, like Kiana just said, what the kids just sitting around the table don't have to be taught anymore. They're passing down their ideals because of us not teaching them ourselves. And, and, and simply because we've all been told and indoctrinated and orientated to believe that what we were taught back then no longer applies. So as I was going to say, if, and what I really want to say is when people start talking about who was, what once was, who did what and why, you always have to go back to the beginning. This is not the beginning. This is not the beginning at all. And it is a travesty. And we are the ones that suffer. Because we don't want to go back to the beginning. We simply want to start right here. This ain't where it all began, honey. It didn't begin here. So when we look at where we are now and we can't understand why we can't get it fixed, because we've got a multitude of variety of, of in, in multitude of ideas about where it all began and how it should be fixed. I'll you know what? I'll you gotta listen, you. let me give it to you this way. We bake. Andre is a chef. Andre knows to start from the beginning. You don't make gumbo and, and make gumbo from the, without the, without the, the, the roux. You don't make gumbo right. without the roux. It's not okay. gumbo. It's just soup it ain't or stew. Gumbo. It's soup. It's soup or stew. Okay. <laughs> it ain't gumbo. You don't fry a chicken without putting, making sure that chicken is cut up and clean. You don't fry a chicken whole. You can't start from here thinking you're going to do it right. Because you're not. You're not going to do it right. If you don't get from where we came, as Jefflin Johnson said when I was in college, he who does not know his history is destined to relive it. And that's what we're doing right now. Yep. That's precisely what we're doing right now. Because we've got two generations who think they can do it better. They don't need to know from whence we came. They don't need to know because it's irrelevant. It's relevant. It's relevant. Uh, and I, we've got a contingency of people who say well BLM is this and they do that and that. they don't know anything about the Panthers or the movement. They couldn't possibly. Ooh, this is going to be okay. a great setup for the they next show. They couldn't possibly. <laughs> Ooh, this is going to be okay. a great setup for the nation. Because you don't begin something and start telling black folks, we're here for you, and you turn your backs on them. And that's what BLM has done. 
That's precisely what they have done. And that's why they're in court today. Because that's what they've done. So we are, as we say daily, those who come from my generation, we're in a boatload of trouble. We are in a boatload of trouble. And if we don't get it right in the next couple of years, somebody was just talking about 2050 just a little while ago. We ain't going to see 2050. Okay. We won't see it because we're we're going at the rate that we're going. We're doing it to ourselves. It's going to be an interesting ride. Definitely going to be an interesting ride. Okay. Well, man, 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 man. I, I, you know, I kind of hate to cut it off, but, uh, I like to keep my boy Kenny happy, right? <laughs> I think this is the most we've ever went over on the show ever. You're going to have to make me get another hour now. We're going to have to turn this into a two-hour show like your show on Tuesdays, right? So, uh, but thank you guys so much for tuning in once again. This is uh, the coach's chef, Andre Blasting Game. And I want to thank you for joining us for Menu Mondays here on the Intentional Talk Radio Network. Remember, you can listen to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. Share with your friends, share with your family, um, you know, and, 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 and chime in. We got a text number you can send. Uh, we got email addresses. You can hit us up on the website. And man, I just look forward to, to, to hearing from you. And we're going to continue a part two of this. Very, very soon. So thank you so much. And Colette, Kiana, I turn it over to you. Thank you for your input today. I appreciate you guys. It's been absolutely wonderful. Roe versus Wade continued with the Black Panthers, the movement, integration, and all things under this wonderful sun that we have going on coming up on the next Menu Monday. Appreciate you guys. Love you guys. I holla. I hope you join us tomorrow on Change Matters. At 5 o'clock Pacific Time, 7 o'clock Central Time, and 8 o'clock on the East Coast. We will continue this. This is not going to go away on Change Matters tomorrow. And thank you for joining us. This is Menu Mondays with the wonderful, the illustrious Andre Blassingame, the chef. He always has a great show. Love you, Andre. Have a good afternoon and a good evening, folks. Stay tuned. Don't go away. Stick and stay. We've got a great show coming up, Mindful Mondays at 5 p.m. 7 Central Time. So come on back right here. This is where you can get all the news and views that you can use. This is where we talk to you, for you, with you, and about you. And you know what? It is all good. We're going to help you get there. We're going to straighten it out. We're going to give you the answers. So come on back at 5 o'clock today, Mindful Mondays with Dr. Corliss Bennett. Have a good afternoon. Be safe. Cool off. Get a cold drink. Take care. We'll talk with you then. Have a good evening. See you on tomorrow's show, Andre. Yes, ma'am.